0: Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Today on the podcast, we have the pleasure of being joined by Mike Zayonk, who is a serial entrepreneur and a VC partner based in Silicon Valley. He has a passion for automation, generative AI, and supply chain. We're super excited to have you on the show today. Welcome, Mike.
1: Thanks, Jaden. Great to be on the show.
0: So, I would love to kick this thing off. You know, we're super stoked to have you on. I'd love to kick this thing off asking you a little bit about your journey. Um, and your background. Was venture capital something you always knew you were interested in, right? You're a serial entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about your journey that brought you here, but maybe um, about some some of the, the things you've done in the past as well in entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my background is I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, uh, and I was actually a, a basketball player in university. I had a scholarship at UBC and then I realized like nice. you can't you can't do that forever, right? And then so I got into entrepreneurship and helped start a few different st- companies, and then uh, eventually was hired by the founder of Plug and Play uh, back in 2015, um, who offered me to join Plug and Play and and come to Silicon Valley. And when when I joined Plug and Play, there was about 15 people um, full time, and now there's about 850 people. So we grew significantly. We grew globally. And uh, yeah, so I helped start a variety of different programs within Plug and Play. And back in 2017, uh, I had an idea to start the supply chain program because I realized there's a, a lot of changes happening to supply chain. There's need more need for AI and automation. And that program ended up being extremely successful. Uh, our first corporate partner was Maersk. And then we scaled globally uh, to about six different offices. Uh, and, and so we're in Silicon Valley. We're in Arkansas with Walmart, Tyson Foods, J.B. Hunt, Toronto, Canada, Savannah, Georgia, Hamburg, and Shanghai. So that was really cool um, to grow that program. We ended up raising a, a fund. So we raised a $25.5 million fund. Um, so we, uh, our largest investor is actually the Waltons, uh, who are Walmart. And they really loved what the work we did with Walmart. Uh, with, uh, Walmart in Arkansas. And then they're like, we'll support as your first investor. We got a bunch of corporates to invest in the fund. So, uh, today the supply chain programs invested in about over 70 startups and, um, and yeah, so I, I've had, I've had a great experience now from the BC side and now the, and, and also the entrepreneurial side. Um, so after see all these companies grow within plug and play, I, I, um, like, Rab, we, we were in supply chain. We we're investors in like Rappi and Shippo, which are unicorns. And then uh, through the fund, also not just the plug and play family office, investors in Einride, which is a fully electric autonomous truck that's now scaling across the US. I just got Very really cool. inspired to, to not. So, I'm, not, I'm now like kind of like part time on the VC side. I'm still a founding partner in the fund but also I'm a co-founder now in Kodif. So I'm, I'm back on the entrepreneurial side and Kodif is doing uh, customer support automation. So we, we've we raised two rounds of funding and we're automating uh, support uh, at, at scale. And, and I'm happy to chat more about that as, as well.
0: Yeah, super exciting. Oh my gosh, you've done a lot of really cool things. You gave me so much meat there to uh, to, to get some good questions for. First off, I want to say, I didn't realize you're from Vancouver. I'm actually from Vancouver Island, so oh, pretty wow, close. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, kind of funny. And uh, I think it's cool. You have that background in supply chain. I feel like supply chain wasn't really something I'd looked at, looked at a lot when I was in college. And then my first job out of college, I worked at the Institute for Supply Management um, and got like kind of my eyes kind of opened to that whole field. So, um, you know, hearing you talk, there's definitely some really cool stuff. You're, you're working on some of those unicorns you invested in the space. I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize those companies. So that's really exciting. Um, talk to me about uh, I want to jump into what you're currently working on with Codef. Um but first I want to I want to ask you from what you are seeing in, in the investment side and maybe what you're seeing today, what are some big shifts you feel like AI is making in the supply chain side of things, right? Um I think this is a an area that is ripe for disruption. It's, you know, it, it impacts the global economy in a really big way, but have you seen any startups or any big like AI specific kind of um, impacts that supply chain is going to feel?
1: Yeah, I think supply chain by definition uh, is all about efficiency and automation. So the more you can automate and and make processes more efficient, the the better your supply chain will run. So I think all these companies are really looking at how they can automate. Some of the like the trucking and logistics and maritime companies are a little bit more old school than some other industries. And I, but I think the, the amount of funding, like when I started the supply chain program in 2017, there was $6 billion invested into supply chain startups. And when I, uh, yeah, when I started focusing on code, if there was uh $24 billion back in 2022. So like last year, and it was incredible to see like the amount of growth in the market. And I think COVID obviously had a huge impact and, a lot of these supply chain companies became a lot like it was funny because it was an industry that was overlooked and then not and then it became like a really trendy area for a lot of startups to focus yeah. in so th- that was really cool to see that kind of uh tra- transformation and but i i think in general like the areas in the supply chain that um, our fund is invested in are like in automation for like robot robotics inside of a warehouse how you can be more efficient, um, which is a, a major trend that, cause I, I think all these jobs in general that are not things that people like dream of doing uh, like people don't necessarily want to like just move a box from side to side all day. Right. So a lot of these roles are, are being automated uh and, and uh people can do more efficient roles uh, as well. But, but yeah, I mean, really our fund is looking at the end to end supply chain. So from the, a mine uh like we work with like large uh industrial companies like bsf the largest chemical company exxon Mobil, all the way to last mile deliveries like with working with walmart and tjx or tj Maxx, people recognize in the us and it's there, there's so much opportunity but it's the supply chain is all about ai and all about automation and everyone is trying to look at generative ai models like whether it's the big companies or whether it's uh the, obviously the, the startups are now selling it more. So it's uh, it, it's something that I think ever it's a major shift I'd say in the last uh, uh, like year or two that people are looking at it more, but it's but it's been something we've been looking at throughout. Um, we're, the, the supply chain fund is not just investing in AI, but it's also looking at sustainability. It's also looking we, we've invested in blockchain companies. Uh, we've, we've IoT tracking, but I think by far the hottest area in supply chain has been the, the AI space.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Really exciting. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because um, when I was working in supply chain during COVID, uh, at Institute for Supply Management, it's kind of a, an educational um, place for people that work in supply chain. Um. yeah, during COVID, everything just went like crazy. It went from like pre-COVID is kind of, like you said, this overlooked thing during COVID. It was like, oh my gosh, like if we don't get the supply chains figured out, like there's some massive impacts on global scale. Something I would, I'd be really curious to hear your perspective on, you know, a lot of people talk about um, right now, there's a, there's a kind of a group of people that are um, kind of talking about some of the the problems with AI or and automation and their concerns. There, they're worried it's going to displace large, you know, swaths of the population. I think we have some uh, some quotes out of McKinsey and some other kind of consulting firms saying, you know, there's going to be some massive disruption there. A lot of people are worried about you know job loss and stuff. You kind of touched on it, um, you know, talking about moving boxes. But I guess what's kind of your philosophy and in, in investing in these kind of automations and AI systems, do you worry that this is going to displace a lot of people and cause harm? Do you think there's a net positive to, you know, global um, kind of quality of life? How do you, how do you kind of look at the the impact of, you know, disrupting jobs from AI and automation?
1: Yeah. So I think, well, in the first hand, it's going to happen. Like people's roles are going to change. Uh, so obviously with that, we need to figure out how that's going to shift and and obviously that's a a much deeper discussion and and like there's gonna be yeah retraining of a lot of people and and more education for certain people. But what I've really found interesting like with Codif for example on the customer support automation side is like some when we're automating like high volume repetitive requests, for example, it's actually improving the agents the experience in in their work. So the agents that are there are Mm -hmm. actually happier because even they don't like to be asked the same repetitive, like, where is my order? Yeah. Or, or like, how do I do yeah. this? So even like the humans are actually happier. Right. So, so that's, that's obviously the bigger question is like, how can they be retrained or how can they figure out roles that are, are more meaningful? But it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause, cause a lot of these humans are, are happier. So it's uh, not, not answering or doing these repetitive tasks. So I think, that's going to be the first area that AI is going to going to be automating, and then obviously those people are going to have to find find roles that are are more meaningful and and uh, uh, kind of in, in, uh for them to do in their day to day.
0: Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, in a lot of these discussions, like the first thing I say is like whether we like it or not, like it's going to happen. So like let's let's discuss how we make it. You know. Um, have the best experience possible for people impacted or whatever, but yeah, it's kind of interesting because there's definitely some people that resist the change, but the change is inevitable at this point. Yeah. Um, with the technology, and I think there's so many net positives. I was recently talking to someone um working on autonomous uh like delivery, like you know autonomous flying delivery. Um, and you know they're saying you're going into like a war torn country and delivering medical supplies. If you don't have to have a human flying that aircraft in and you know risking their life. Like, you know, it's hard to to see that that's not a net positive um, just because there's maybe a job displacement, but it's, you know, things that are dangerous or things that are super repetitive. Um, yeah, it's great to automate some of those things. Okay. Talk to me a little bit. I'm so curious, right? So you're deep into this VC kind of space, investing in startups, looking at deals, and then you decided to move back into entrepreneurship. Like, talk talk to me about what made that shift for you and, uh, and you know, how we, why you decided to kind of make that change.
1: Definitely. Well, well, first of all, I'm very lucky because not a lot of people have an opportunity to, you know, change roles and then, and then still be involved. So plug and play, uh, has been extremely supportive and plug and play is an investor in Codif, and uh, plug and play has been uh, allowed me to stay on as like a VC partner, even though obviously day to day I'm focusing on Codif, um, which is not the case for a lot of startups. Um, so yeah, so it's cool because even today, like uh, like when I was at AI four, uh, I met a ton of startups and I I connect them to the, the relevant plug and play team members and I'm still meeting as an entrepreneur. You meet a lot of cool entrepreneurs as well, and then I, I still yeah. send them over to the plug and play team. And so it's kind of I'm more of an operating partner at this point. So it's been helpful because yeah, I'm still actually getting deals done and and referring deals, but I'm not doing any like due diligence or I'm just kind of making simple referrals and so that's been been really cool and, and lucky for me to be able to and obviously I greatly appreciate plug and play for supporting that and in terms of the the re, like after seeing and investing in like over 70 startups uh with within the plug and play program and seeing some really really successful entrepreneurs i kind of realized like uh to be a really good investor uh you have to really and to really empathize with the startups it's important to like actually you know, build the, build a successful company. And, and uh, Mm. I was doing a a lot of like entrepreneurial stuff before plug and play, but I I really wanted to kind of go through that experience, you know, raise like a a few rounds of VC funding. And I'm like, I I'd like to find a really great team to, to do that with. And, and then I found like the CODIF team, which was very smart and technically advanced and, had something that was already up and running and raised raised funding and I was able to join as a co-founder. So it just kind of like worked out and I, I felt I like could leverage kind of the network I had for for that. And and it just uh just worked out. But but yeah, eventually like you get inspired, right? When you invest in all these entrepreneurs, you you always kind of like enjoy building and I mean plug and play is very large and, and kind of self-sustaining. So the program I was actually It was really cool. I was like, even this week I was selected to the plug and play uh, supply chain program, which obviously I founded, but um, it was cool to come full circle now, like as a startup and be there among all the other startups and everything. And it's cool to see the program keeps growing and like plug and play is expanding all these new offices in different cities. Like I think you're in, in Arizona, but they they're now in in Phoenix as well. And in a bunch of cities across the U S so it's it, very cool. Yeah. It's cool to see the everything continue to grow there as well.
0: That's amazing. Okay. Just for like the listener, can you give like a breakdown of exactly what Codif is, what you guys are doing, um, and I guess really like the big problems you're solving for customers?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so at Codif, we codify customer support. So at the end of the day we started our product uh from initially our CTO so our founding CTO Norm Visenkov uh he was at Uber as Uber was going public and he was like uh, one of the top engineers there and he came up with an idea he cuz Uber was trying to become profitable that hey why don't we just automate support so he basically took support uh and then they they piloted it in a few different countries like India etc and they ended up building the most automated support system that scaled globally. So he, if you go on to Uber, Uber's website, and and he still has like the white paper that was written, and um, essentially cool. it scaled globally and it automated like, but depending on the location, like globally for Uber, sixty to eighty percent of the customer requests. So when I when I found Absolutely. so and it's still running. So it's it's still running for like if you go to Uber or Uber Eats to the, today, it's his his platform is still running there. So when I when I saw that I'm like wow that is not an easy thing to do right so he built this low code platform that was automatable uh and and easily configurable in different markets and and for me that was really interesting cuz plug and play obviously works with all these like fortune 100 companies and massive enterprises that are now looking at like generative ai and automation so i thought that was a really good opportunity to kind of bring that to to, to Codif and and when Codif was was asking me for these intros like a lot of startups do it's uh it's hard to just make an intro and like walk away so now nowadays like a lot of these relationships right it takes a lot of work and an effort to um actually get them integrated successfully so that's what I've been doing and um yeah it's been really exciting to start pilots with like the plug and play partners and a lot of other enterprises Codif uh, already has a lot of good case studies with with customers already, but um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Now we're leveraging generative AI sitting on top of uh, kind of our low code automation platform, and and uh, yeah, for me for me also like I realized uh, like this generative AI trend is really big, and so I wanted to also kind of be in the the midst of it, right? And the the best way to do that is in yeah. the startup world. So it's really cool to kind of be at the forefront of it and learning every day about. New opportunities.
0: That's super exciting. Yeah, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Like when you see a disruption this big, right? Like I feel like there, there's been a handful. Of course, there's the internet. There's the smartphone. There's a few of these big platform shifts, and I feel like AI is one of these huge ones. And uh, yeah, when you see how fast everything's evolving, you want to, you want to be in it. It's exciting. It's exciting times and exciting stuff. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about some of your perhaps like a, a company that was you know, they had a success story with Codef, or kind of, you know, something, something along those lines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a couple customer case studies. Um, So our I'll talk first about like our first customer was actually a company called Good Eggs, which is grocery delivery, uh, Instacart competitor, uh, mostly on the West coast. And so they asked us to just, yeah, like automate kind of like similar to what we built for Uber, their, their support. So, and and then when I was talking earlier about like how agent CSAC uh, customer experience actually improved was uh it was it, it, not the customer experience it, that also improved but the agent experience also improved because we we're automating uh a lot of their their tickets and improving their average handle time by forty percent um and it was yeah really successful so th- their use cases they wanted to like issue full on refunds so for example. If you have a, like your milk was crushed or whatever on your being delivered to your house, you can just kind of text the system and then it will see if this is a good uh, credible customer that there's not like trying to gain the system and all that. And then we'll just give them, them a refund. Yeah. Um, so there's no agent that is required for that, which is really cool. And so for like, like a simple, like refund, like whatever, like five, $10 for milk or whatever was being crushed on the, on the delivery to your house. That, that was great. And, um, another company that we're working with is a company called uh, reserve bar. So they're like a high end alcohol delivery company. So, uh, Hmm. the most common question that they get when people are ordering, like from their e-commerce platform is where is my order? So rather than navigating through all the systems are like tools sitting on top of like Zendesk and Salesforce or all the different systems, uh, is able to immediately uh, trigger that. And based on like, for example, like, like the chat bot, uh, based on the, the customer's email will immediately trigger. This is the, uh, this is the order. This is where it is in real time and it will immediately resolve that issue. So that was really great. Very cool. Yeah. So that, that was really cool. It improved their CSAT, uh, it deflected over 20% of their like high volume, uh, low value tickets. It reduced uh, a lot of their agent hours, so it was an enormous cost savings for them. So I, I could go on and on. The, the like e-commerce was our first industry uh, and customer base. Now we're also working with like uh, Coin Market Cap uh, and and Trust Wallet. As we're, we're running kind of their their on their website um, nice. in the crypto space, and then uh, yeah, we have a bunch of other kind of. Uh, larger customers also that we're going to announce soon um so um so yeah looking at those kind of like i'd say the first ones are, are retail and and finance uh and now because obviously my background the logistics space those those were like kind of the first three markets but we're really like a horizontal uh customer experience and customer support
0: automation Incredible. Wow. Yeah, I can you can imagine for companies. This is that's an incredible use case. And then even for consumers, right? Like I recently uh, you're from Canada, so you probably know Bank of Montreal. Yeah. Shout out to them. Dude, I had to try to like make an online payment. They didn't have the, the portal on the website. I had to like call. I got transferred between five different people. And I'm just like, please take my money for like my credit card. Yeah. And uh, it was like such a hassle. Yeah. So customers, if you can automate that customer support, they will love your company. So yeah, huge value add. I see a lot of amazing things that uh, you guys are doing there. Something I would be curious to find out from your perspective is like, what's what's like the next kind of step for Codif that you're really excited about? Maybe the next set of features or the next vertical you you plan on kind of attacking. Like, what gets you excited on the horizon?
1: Yeah, that's there's a lot there. So I think uh, with Codif uh, right now, like we're, we're good on funding. Uh, we raised like two rounds of funding and we'll do another big round probably next year. And then we, in terms of the product, we, we, we unleashed like a new uh, kind of AI agent assistant tool as well. So this is actually working with the agents. So we're getting contacted by all these like BPOs and like call centers that are also wanting to use our tech. Cause we can in real time, provide them AI automated responses. Um, and that, that can also that can also benefit like our customer facing uh, chatbots because we're constantly using the AI to re- refine and improve those uh, customer responses. So I think in terms of the, what I'm excited about um, is really working with large enterprises because we we've signed a lot of kind of mid market companies and and now we're starting to uh, kind of a lot of these large companies, especially the ones like I've worked with with Plug and Play. Are now are seeing that they need to do something here, so they need to test out generative AI models, or they need to find like a a startup or someone who has experience doing that. So I'm really excited. I can't announce yet some of our our new kind of enterprise uh, customers, but uh, that are coming in. But there's some really excited like Fortune 100 companies that we're we we're, uh, we're, we're working deeply and 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 in deep talks with. So. Uh, that's that's really exciting, but hopefully on the next podcast or uh,
0: we'll be able to announce. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get you on as you as you guys. Girl, it sounds like an incredible company. Something I'd love to ask you as we're wrapping up the show here. Do you have a piece of advice that you could give to entrepreneurs in the AI space today?
1: Yeah, I think the best advice uh, for us uh, that's worked is is really focusing on uh, use cases within the industry, right? So. I think studying the customers and like what they're trying to solve in the end, that's been the most effective. So how to put that in like plain business language, like this is the problem we're solving. Obviously we're using all this AI and low code automation to do it in the background, but that's, that's been uh, the, the important piece uh, for us to uh, yeah, to really like, Uh, dive deep into like these, these industry use cases. So um, to figure out like with the the retail and e-commerce customers, like we've already figured that out. Like it, it works great, but now we're trying to like dive very deep into logistics as well, as an example, and figure out like the customer care use cases and, and the automating unnecessary high volume requests, like tracking like bill of ladings or uh working with different kind of logistics uh use cases so i i'd say that the best advice is yeah really finding those customers and kind of co developing partners and working with them to uh bring our technology to market because we can build all the great the greatest tools and technology but if we don't have customers that are utilizing them then uh then it it doesn't make sense and it's not going to work in the
0: yeah, one hundred percent, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been amazing to have you hear your insights. It's really cool hearing someone from the VC and entrepreneurship side. So we really appreciate that. In the show notes for the listener, I will leave a link to Codif so you can try it out. Um, and for companies that are interested in integrating it, um, that'll be the great place to go. Thank you so much, Mike, and to the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Chat Podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and have a fantastic rest of your day.